you've hit play on the screen companion. The diary of a guy reliving the discourse he used to have with friends back in college. Before this solo article gets underway, I'd like to make an announcement. The second season of TSC begins July 19th. New episodes every Tuesday until at least November. The guests are back and we have plenty of movies and TV to recommend. Mark your calendars or do it the easy way and follow or subscribe to us on whatever listening platform you use. There's even a nascent YouTube channel with some episodes, although that's still audio only. Eventually, I'd like to get my whole catalog on there, but I'm a one-man production team, so it'll take a while. Since the show started, I've seen downloads in countries like France, India, Italy, Germany, the UK. I see that, and it makes me want to do more foreign flicks. Please, give me some titles you think we should do a show on, foreign or domestic, by emailing me at thescreencompanion at gmail.com. Also, write in if you liked what we've picked so far, or if you think we missed the mark. Love to hear from you. This final solo rant before I get to talk to guests again involves the film Executive Decision from 1996, starring Kurt Russell. Obviously, he's the only reason anyone needs to mention this movie, but I did surprise myself by wanting to point it out. It's not as fun as Big Trouble in Little China, or as atmospheric as The Thing. It's not even as action-heavy as Soldier. So why highlight it? Digging deep, I think it has to do with my disillusionment with the majority of Hollywood releases today. I think the best action movies are ones like Die Hard, Terminator 2, The Matrix, Robocop, and Total Recall. Two things stick out about all of these. They don't skimp on character development, and they were all released before the year 2000. That's not to say there haven't been worthwhile action flicks from the last few decades. Mad Max Fury Road and the last few Mission Impossibles come to mind. But lately, every genre feels like a parody of itself, too focused on the genre trappings and neglecting the characters. Some of you hear that and think, Guy, you don't really like action movies, then. It's all about the big explosions and act-long fight scenes. I won't contest that there are bigger fans of the genre than me, but I think the argument I'm making with Executive Decision is that bullets and bombs shouldn't be thought of as mutually exclusive against characters and plot. Kurt Russell portrays David Grant, a consultant to the Army, who manages to come off as an expert on Middle East affairs without sounding too arrogant. This is important, because he ends up thrown into a situation where he'll have to work with a motley crew of civilians and special forces soldiers to rescue a plane held hostage by terrorists. Besides Russell, there's an assortment of character actors that help it succeed as an ensemble piece. Joe Morton, Oliver Platt, John Leguizamo, even Sean Tube, who'd later play the Arab scientist that helps Tony Stark out of that cave is an executive decision as one of the terrorists. There are a lot of faces, all of them given moments to shine. It even has a nice pre-X-Men role for Halle Berry as a flight attendant. The best action movies stack the odds heavily against the heroes. Never mind how they'll stop the bad guys. Just getting the special operatives on the plane is a nail-biting proposition, 
as they're forced to board it mid-air over the Atlantic Ocean. After that, they only have four hours to pacify the terrorists and defuse a bomb that's turned that commercial flight into a WMD. And since things don't go as planned, it's down to three able-bodied soldiers, one consultant, one engineer, and a severely injured bomb expert that's been sidelined to an advisory capacity. All these disadvantages really sell the suspense, especially when they have to do most of the operation without tipping off the terrorists that they're even aboard the plane. Hardcore fans will boo executive decisions' lack of action scenes. I can count all the explosions and gunfights on one hand, and that's including a suicide bombing early in the picture. But that's what's so effective about it, and others from the 90s. They do so much with so little and make it just as memorable. Harrison Ford jumps off a bus as it gets rammed by a train in The Fugitive. Not the most bombastic action scene, yet I remember that moment decades later while I easily forget set pieces that have come out way sooner. It got me thinking, what's the difference between a suspense movie and an action movie? I labor to include executive decision as part of the latter. Really, I just did it to help me criticize the genre, although it's not a drama either. Ignoring the film study definitions, let me come up with something that feels more intuitive. It becomes a suspense movie when the action is memorable for the absence of action. When the bomb doesn't go off but somehow is more riveting than if it did. When neutralizing three bad guys, one of whom has a dead man switch that could blow everyone up, is more impactful on the audience than watching the heroes obliterate an army. It takes a lot of craft to pull that off, so I hope folks realize a suspense movie isn't a step down from its brawnier cousins in the action genre. One minor spoiler for Executive Decision, there's a part where Kurt Russell's David Grant mistakes someone for someone else at a critical juncture and may get everyone killed. He's not overselling the moment, but it's easy to feel the panic he's admirably keeping a lid on. That sort of communication between the character and the audience, being emotionally in the cabin with David Grant as he hurries to correct himself, there are plenty of other instances like that in its 133-minute runtime. Filmmakers today should take a hard look at the fact that most of their behemoths clock in over 150 minutes, and they hardly have any draw-you-in moments anymore. As long as that's the case, I'm happy to continue to ruminate on the classics. The classics.